You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are locked on Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Green Bay Packers for The Leap. A newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today on the show for Expert Tuesday, it is Dusty Evely from Cheesehead TV, from Packer Report, and of course, from the Packet A Podcast. I would like to thank everyone who makes Locked on Packers part of their morning routine. With that first listen, we love to be there with you with your coffee, whatever it is that you do. And today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Before we get to Dusty, I want to talk a little bit about the red zone offense. And I wrote about this for The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. And I don't, you know, for those of you who are subscribers, thank you so much. I don't want to I don't want to overlap too much, but but the the importance of this I think is essential to understanding the season as of now. You're watching the offense and you go, okay, they can hit these big plays. You get a 50-plus yarder from Aaron Jones, a 50-plus yarder from Devontae Adams. Rodgers can still make these unbelievable plays. And and you've got A.J. Dillon who comes onto the scene and he's doing stuff. And you've got this patchwork offensive line. You're going, man, this is really cool what they've been able to do. They've been able to win games. They're 4-1 and in spite of all the issues that they've had. All of that 100% true. But the offense not clicking the same way. We talked about it yesterday. We've been talking about it really all season. We're going to talk about it more with Dusty, uh, but not that I not that I pinpointed the problem. And and congratulations to me for pinpointing a problem. I don't have a great solution for it. But so far, an essential difference in productivity. We've talked about the differences in personnel, in in shotgun, in play action, all that stuff. But the difference in productivity is on early downs. On early downs, the Packers were the best offense in the league last year by success rate. The best. Number one in success rate. They were the number two rushing offense by success rate and the number two passing offense by success rate. This year, they're 28th on early downs. And you cannot live on third down. You just cannot make a living on third down. There's too much variance. You have to be able to turn first down into first down. You have to be able to turn second down into first down. You have to be able to turn first down into second and short so you can turn second and short into first down. You have to be able to do those things to be a consistently good offense. You cannot rely on good third down play. It's just not consistent. It is not a sticky thing. Green Bay has been very poor there. When Matt LaFleur was asked about the red zone execution, he talked about play calling, but he also talked about execution. And he said, I would have liked to have some of the play calls back on those sequences. 
And he's right about that. And, and that is something that I went back into in detail on the leap. We're not going to, we're not going to go over that here. It's, it's a very difficult thing to show you, um, in an audio medium, even on YouTube. Um, you know, all of the NFL rights things. If I put a, if I put clips of the game on, if I even put pictures of the game and talk about the game, I'm, the NFL is going to be very mad at me. Um, I'm not going to get a FedEx box with a fine in it, but I might get, I might get the, the video pulled. And a lot of people are going to be very mad at me for that. So I, I, let's leave that at the leap. For our purposes here, to me, the essential part of this that needs to be fixed is Green Bay has to find some answers to this too deep shell on early downs. They've been able to scheme some things up and in do or die situations. They've been able to, to, to create some chunk plays, you know, the, the stutter go to Devontae Adams and, and opportunities at, in third down, you can just go, okay, third and eight, back shoulder throw to Devontae, slant to Devontae, uh, Mills concept, Devontae. He is a panacea for this and every offense. I mean, he, he could do this for anyone. He is a special kind of player. And on second and short, third and short, Hand it to A.J. Dillon, hand it to Aaron Jones. They're going to pick you up those yards. The problem for the Packers right now is twofold. They are not able to punish teams for playing too high. And the reason they're not, at least not on the ground. And part of that is the run blocking has not been good enough. And the pro football focus grades reflect this. Ross Uglum from Packer Report uh, tweeted about it. The, the run blocking grades have been poor. That is probably going to be fixed when you have David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins on the field. But Royce Newman is out there. And some of the issues that they had in the red zone scoring, some of the sequences that I think Matt LaFleur was talking about. Royce Newman was a key culprit on some of those missed blocks or just getting beat. Big Bob Tunyon was involved in every running play in the red zone in the fourth quarter that that did not go well. And he was blocking the guy who tipped the ball to Randall Cobb uh, on, on third and goal. Now, that that's not to blame Big Bob, but it's just that that's not his forte. But he's a starter. It's not going to be fixed when David Bakhtiari and Ellen Jenkins come back. Now, you might be using him less in protection. You might be using him less in the run game. You're probably going to use him less as a chipper, which is going to make him a potent, a more potent threat in the passing game. So there is a trickle down effect here of not having all of your guys. No question about it. There is a trickle down effect of not having all of your guys, but it is not going to solve everything. You have to execute in the run game better than this. And Green Bay is going to have to find a way to be better in the short passing game. They have not been running mesh. I think they probably haven't been doing it because they're not thrilled about the prospect of making you pass protect for that long. I think that's the issue. Mesh takes time. You're going to have to sit in the pocket. It is not three steps back foot and out. It is three steps, hop, pad, out. It's that kind of thing. And you need the protection to hold up to do that. And as good as Josh Najman has played and as good as JRJ has played and as good as these rookies have played in spot duty um, and not even spot duty, 
in in starter duty in their first you know duty as players in the NFL. Lucas Patrick in spot duty. That's what I mean. The the, the patchwork part of this. I don't think they feel comfortable with those kinds of concepts. Those are core concepts. And I don't think they feel comfortable in hard play action because I don't think they want their their quarterback to turn the back to the defense. And I don't think they trust their offensive line to hold up. So th- these are all connected. The tissues of the offense is all connected. Now, there are still just issues, spacing issues, read issues. There are, there are times when there are open guys. Rodgers is either not seeing them or not throwing to them. More open guys than I think some of the inefficiencies in this offense would suggest. So you hope over time, you know, Randall Cobb gets acclimated into this offense. They're able to use Tunyon more more the way that he was used last year. Someone who, who can really push the ball down the field. He's been doing a lot of underneath stuff because you need him to be running underneath routes if he's going to chip, if he's going to help, if he's going to do that kind of thing. But but you have to find ways to be more productive in the passing game on early downs. Because on, on, on do or die third downs, there's stuff you can go to. And it can't just be the shot play on first down to Devontae Adams. It can't be hoping Aaron Jones rips off a chunk run. The, the run blocking has not been good, despite the fact that Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon have been good. And they were good on Sunday. But the run blocking was not. They were making guys miss. They were breaking tackles. They were pushing the pile. They were doing everything that you need those guys to do in those situations. But there are some things that they still need to, they need to find something offensively in the passing game that can work in tandem with your run game, whether that's, hey, how about a post-snap RPO where Rodgers is reading a conflict defender, the linebacker, okay, linebacker comes up, slant behind, he stays back, hand the ball. I'm telling you 100% that is in the playbook for Jordan Love. They're not running it for Aaron Rodgers. It was in the playbook, by the way, for Mike McCarthy. They would, when, when Rodgers was dealing with that calf injury, they were running post-snap RPOs from pistol with Aaron Rodgers. Yes, they were. It's crazy. They're not doing that now. So again, you know, part of this goes back to, and I think we'll find out soon enough how much of this is the offensive line and what they want to do because of the personnel they have on the field versus what Aaron Rodgers wants to do with this offense and how Matt LaFleur wants to push it forward and all of those things. We don't know and we're not going to know, but they need to find some answers in the passing game. You know, the, the good news is since week two, they're much better in success rate, 18th in success rate um, and and 14th, I think, passing. That's better, but it's not good. They should be elite. They have Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones and all of the all the weapons at their disposal, even without MVS and even without their offensive line. They should be better than they have been. And that's on LaFleur. That's on Rodgers. That's on Hackett. That's on Brian Gutekinst. They need to figure it out. Now they have time, longer season than normal. But they need to figure it out because the meat of their schedule is coming up here. And, and they're, they're going to need to play well to beat the Bears. I mean, Justin Fields did not light the world on fire last week. And we're going to have plenty of time this week to talk about Chicago. But that defense is good. They lead the league in sacks. They're going to get after Aaron Rodgers. So you need to have something 
in your back pocket. I don't know why we didn't see a bunch of those RPO screen throws. Well, I guess I do know because Cincinnati played them really well. They were well scouted for them. And the one time they tried to run the, the fake screen deep shot, they were also scouted for that. So uh, the Packers are going to have to find some options here and they're going to have to do it in a hurry because these teams, they play this Packers offense every week, every week. The Browns run it. The Vikings run it. The Rams run it. I mean, half the 49ers run it. Half the league runs this system. So everyone knows what to expect now. So we're going we're gonna to see what Matt LaFleur can do to push this offense forward. Kyle Shanahan is, is always finding little tweaks and, and working you know, the play off the play. That's where Matt LaFleur is great, but he also needs that first play to work. If they're already well scouted on that first play, it's much harder to get that play off the play. So we're going we're gonna to see him in a little bit of an adversity spot, find some interesting things. I thought that the, there were times on Sunday when he showed some really cool things, especially in the run game. I want to see more of that. And, and it is going to take some better execution, not just some better creativity to make all of that happen. All right, we're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back for another football season. And as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for pro and college football action this season. With the new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be your number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up and get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use the promo code locked on to get that welcome bonus from football, basketball, boxing, your favorite Las Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers in the 2021 season. And don't forget to use that promo code locked on to get that 50% deposit bonus. All right, it is time to bring in my pal for Expert Tuesday, Dusty Evely. You can find him on Packer Report. You can find him on Cheesehead TV. You can find him on the Packer Day podcast. And now you can find him on Locked on Packers. You can also find him on Substack. Turns out he is uh, like Jason and I. Also of the Substack clan, Dusty, it is great to have you on the show. It's been too long, man. How are you? I'm doing great. Yeah. Thanks for asking me, man. I was I was knee deep in looking at this past game and got your message and thought I could use a break from just staring at these same plays over and over again. So I appreciate you. Thanks, man. I'm doing well. So one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on is exactly this, because over the first four or five games, I mean, let's let's throw week one out for a second, just because like that was that was just weird. And that Mm -hmm. never felt like a Packers game. It never felt like a regular season game. And you know who else thought that? The Packers players, because they did not play like it was a regular season game. But since then, since week two, I have been feeling like this offense just does not seem right to me. It does not look like the offense we saw last year. Just from a top level standpoint, do you do you feel do you get that same feeling? Are you just sort of like, uh, this is this is does not have the same DNA of the team that I saw last year? Yeah, roughly. I mean, it's, I want to say it's, it's like, they're still trying to figure stuff out. And I don't know that that's exactly it. I do think they're trying some new stuff, maybe some wrinkles on some stuff they had last year, but it's also like, I don't know, we're we're running into some McCarthy era stuff from this past week. I saw like guys running the same routes, guys running into each other. You had, uh, you had a couple occasions where Rogers at the top of his drop ready to throw and a guy's either not out of his break or has run into uh, another Packers player on his way out of his break. Um, Running game's not quite there. And I mean, some of that I think is offensive line. Uh, but yeah, it's it's not, it's just not, it's not clean like it was last year. I, I think I, I, they've been doing well enough, I think overall, but there are those, just those, those 
hitches, those little things that weren't there when they were really humming last year that I kind of expected out the gate this year, they're going to be, they were going to be looking really, really good. And we just haven't gotten that so far. Yeah. And I wonder, you know, they, they talked last off season about all the details and like, that was the focus and you had the, the COVID off season and all that stuff. And then this year they had to go, okay, well now we need to push this offense forward. And so maybe you get away from some of those details and the spacing and some of the timing stuff that they had focused so much on. Maybe that starts to go away a little bit. We we opened the show talking about um, the early down productivity. Mm. And they have been night and day from last year on early downs where they were the best early down team in the league offensively last year. And they're one of the worst teams on early downs this year. It's a little better since week one. So if you're going to say, okay, if they're running into to light boxes, but not finding productivity and teams are going to play this two shell, then they need to find some opportunities to hit some things in the passing game based on what you know about this offense and, and the things that are, that are staples to it. Where do you think they could find some answers in terms of, okay, trying to find some, some either rhythm passing game, whether it's screen game, whatever it is, to try and get the passing game on track on early downs? Because the run game, maybe you hope that just get your offensive line healthy and you can cook a little bit there. Yeah, I mean, we're seeing some of their core concepts. I think we're starting to see a little bit more. I know, um, and, and they use it typically against man, but mesh was one of their big concepts last year. And I think they ran it once in week one and four or five times this past week and zero times in between. And they're running that sucker two to three times a game last year. And so something like that. And they had guys open. And I, I think they went 0 for 4, maybe 1 for 4 this past week on that concept. Um, mm-hmm. Some of the boot stuff, honestly, some of the bigger stuff. I mean, they, you know, that bases off the running game, kind of the actions they have up front. But teams are playing that different now they're kind of blitzing a guy off the back end and they're not really they're not really uh respecting that boot and so rogers is booting out and he does a really good job of the off platform so if he comes off and there's a guy in his face he can throw it away or throw it to the flat but that's not what you're getting so i mean this past week right. he did get he hit a couple of those second level guys but also what we saw this past week that's starting to work in and even last week to a certain extent as well some of the uh some of the half boot stuff so where you look like you're you got the little out the wide zone run and you look like you're booting back the other way. So you got that guy blitzing off the edge and the team's defense is flowing because they see everything. And then you throw back the other way. They had um, off that drift concept uh, last week, kind of that dig behind the the play action. They had that again uh, this week. I think twice they ran that. They have like they had a throwback option this past week that they didn't end up hitting. And so I think we're starting to see some of that half boot stuff as well. So much is predicated on that boot action stuff. Uh, and so that, I mean, I think a boot, I don't necessarily think of like, that's not rhythm passing, but that's such a core concept in their game there uh, that I think they're, they're starting to look at, okay, listen, like, and it's not just against the Packers teams all across the league against this wide zone are finding ways to play against that boot. They're just, okay, we're just going to, we're not going to respect it. We're blitzing this guy off the edge and that's fine. So they're looking for ways. So I think as they get a little smoother into that, one of the miscommunications was off on those half boots this past week. Uh, that is some of the newer stuff they're working in. So I think as they kind of get a little more comfortable with that, then the boot game starts opening back up. And I think, I mean, on some of that too, I think Cobb was Cobb was one of the guys that ran into a guy. He had the uh, pass break, the PBU had the pass, <laughs> rare offensive yeah. pass breakup last week because him and Adams are on the same plane on the hot route stuff. So some of it I think is, you know, Cobb came in late. I love Cobb. You won't, hear me saying a lot of negative words against him but i think his late addition and some of these concepts you've seen some of that maybe not be as smooth as maybe we had hoped um but but i i mean i do think that's some of it you know and they've lost mvs mvs losing was a was a, was a big thing in that as well but for me the big thing 
just because so much of the offense is based off of it. some of that, some of that boot and the half boot stuff they're working in, just not, not quite as crisp as you would hope. But I think as they kind of go on the season, I think we're going to see hopefully a, a little, little uh, better execution with that stuff. Yeah. I, I noticed the, the throwback live and I was just like, Oh my God, wait, are they going to run some kind of leak? Is are they finally going to do this? And then of course <laughs> it was well defended and they couldn't hit it. And I think they tried it against a team that almost certainly Zach Taylor has that in his playbook. So they've mm-hmm. seen that look in practice. I mean, they know, I don't know why this is, this is like a pet issue for, for Jason and I, uh, <laughs> that they haven't, I don't think they've run a true Y leak since Matt LaFleur got there. And I don't know why, Like I'd be running it once a game. Kyle Shanahan seems to run it or some version of it once a game, but that's neither here nor there. The other thing is um, they have offensively. They're they're as you said, trying to assimilate some of these different pieces and the offensive line thing. I don't know how much to ascribe the lack of under center work, the lack of play action, true play action. I don't know how much to ascribe to that to just offensive line. Like, Hey, it's Josh Neidman. It's rookies uh, at two other spots. It's John Renan Jr. How much of this is just Rogers not trusting them? Uh, I, I just, I, we don't have good answers for that, right? No, we don't. I mean, and, and some of that stuff, I mean, you can, you know, you can, you can kind of squint and, and make cases for stuff if we want to, but unless you're in the huddle or unless you're in the locker room, we really don't know. But I mean, I do think, I do think that plays into at least some of it. And then some of those guys have held up relatively well. They've certainly had some issues along the way, but uh, I, I'm going to assume until they get everyone healthy back um, that that's, that likely plays into some of that play calling. So I, I, I think it kind of has to. What's also interesting is if you go back and look, and and I found this out actually reading a piece on a Vikings blog about the way the Packers <laughs> defended the boot action. It was actually Preston Smith, Mike Patton, and and those guys who set the template. There was it was a Vikings blog talking about how okay teams have followed the Packers in the way that they defended the Vikings, and so now we've seen it across the league this year, Dusty. That yeah. that every team that's trying to run those those flood boots are having problems hitting them because teams are saying, we just don't care about the backside. Our yeah. backside edge is just going to come after the quarterback. So teams have to find some answers. And I want to switch to that side of the ball, the defensive side of the ball, because Matt LaFleur called this the most complete defensive performance of the season for green Bay. And I tend to agree outside of the 70 yard uh, Darnell Savage misplay ball, a play that I thought, you know, he would probably tell you that he should have picked that. Um, I won't, I won't say that because he's the guy that runs four, three, six and <laughs> can do a lot of things athletically that a lot of people can't. And so I'm not going to say he should or shouldn't do anything, but I think he would tell you that, that he should have made that play. Did you, what did you see that, that made you agree or disagree with what Matt LaFleur is saying? I think some of it's just been what they've been doing so far this year and kind of a culmination of stuff here. I mean, you know, Burrow certainly had the two picks and everything like that, but I thought, you know, a guy in his second year coming off the ACL, that pocket was muddy all day. Like he was, he was under fire. I think for, for what he had to work with, I thought Burrow did pretty well, but I mean, that was it. I mean, they were, and this is not a one game thing. That pressure was in him and that pocket was collapsing like all day, all day. I think Kevin King turned in his best game. I mean, in the past calendar year, at the very least, like he mm-hmm. was looking really, really good. Uh, you know, that, you know, a couple things here and there that maybe need to clean up, but for the most part, I mean, I thought the corners played well, you know, Stokes, Stokes got beat a couple times by chase, but some of the stuff was just chase being a monster. Some of that, like 
almost like an interior back shoulder throw. Like Stokes was in great position on that. Like he, he, it seems like he kind of knows what he's doing. He was places where he should have been. I think there's again, some things he could clean up, but I think that that one, two punch on the outside look good. Uh, linebackers look good. Again, Devondra Campbell turned in another good game. Chris Barnes made some plays like they just up and down, man. Like they looked, they looked really, really good. I thought overall. Has this defense looked the way that you thought it would? Because I think from a schematic standpoint, I expected it to be a little bit closer to some of the Fangio stuff that we've seen. Yeah. And I feel like Joe Barry has really put his own spin on it. They blitzed more than you see a Brandon Staley Vic Fangio team normally do. And, and I feel like, we, you know, we can't know this and maybe, you know, there'll be reporting of it eventually. But it feels like Matt LaFleur's fingerprints are on this defense more than maybe we expected. What did you expect coming into the season relative to what we've seen? Yeah, it's one of those, you know, I spent a lot of the offseason reading about that defense and kind of looking into, okay, what's it going to look like if Barry's taking the stuff forward? And it was, it was basically, it was two high five man fronts was essentially what I was looking for. And yeah, we've gotten that to some extent. I mean, they've been spinning the safety some, which I mean, they, they were doing anyway, but like you said, they went from that week one, which again, week one, but even like <laughs> the first half of week two after that, like some of the pressure stuff. And I know, you know, his name's kind of a dirty word, but like one thing Petten was really, really good at was dialing up those pressures really really good at, at kind of getting those angles when he wanted to games. that's the thing right yeah when he wanted to and, and i think we're seeing some of that out of barry as well like you said some of the pressure stuff some really really cool uh designs out of kind of like stack looks and getting one-on-ones like i it seems like he's kind of unlocked kenny clark a little bit because they're designing a little more of these one-on-ones like kenny clark's just been wrecking stuff and kenny clark's been amazing i mean his entire career but he's been just wrecking stuff this entire yeah. season, like on a level I've not seen before. And some of that is just the positions he's been put in um, the linebackers flowing to the ball. Now, some of that is, I think that I think the defensive line has been the biggest thing. I mean, they've, they've, I didn't think they had the bodies there and based on some of the angles, based on some of the pressures, based on some of the looks Barry's been giving them, they've, the linebackers have been able to kept relatively clean and Campbell's are like a very good linebacker in that set. Barnes is a good linebacker. There's, there's, you know, a lot of people or they say things like, well, the linebacker needs to, you know, if you play clean, whatever, like anyone can play clean and get through. Well, that's true, but very few linebackers can also get off blocks from offensive lines. So you kind of need to be clean. It's a matter of that attack, that closing speed, that recognition. And I think they're doing such a good job up front. I mean, we didn't see that again, week one, blah, 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 but they're really doing a really good job of kind of reading some of those keys and reacting. They're playing fast up front. Those linebackers are playing fast at a level that we just haven't seen. And, and discipline. That's the thing. I mean, mm-hmm. I know that there are some busts. There are some, okay, you know, Matt LaFleur said, you know, nine guys playing one coverage and two guys playing another, whatever it is. There's still some of that. But for example, I mean, they're passing things off in zone coverage that a year ago they would have busted. Mm-hmm. And and Devondre Campbell, I think, has been a steadying factor in all that. I've been wildly impressed with, with what he has brought to yeah. them. And, and to your point, some of the stuff that they schemed up, like, like I think Mike Patton got too bogged down in the, okay, I think rushing four because we can get pressure with four and dropping seven is the way to play. He got so dialed into that, that he forgot. There are a lot of different ways to get to rushing four. And what I've been really impressed with this year is they'll show six man pressure and bring four. They'll show four man pressure and bring six. They have done a really good job. I thought of varying and, and to your point, that's how you get one-on-one blocks. I mean, there mm-hmm. have been times when Green Bay has gotten unblocked rushers out of four-man pressure. And the only reason that's happening is because you're showing a look other than a four-man pressure. 
and guys are like, okay, do, do I, do I go here? Okay. I have the linebackers coming inside. I got to protect in here. And then all of a sudden Preston Smith is coming off the edge or Sean Gary is coming mm-hmm. off the edge. Someone is unblocked. That is the stuff from Joe Barry that I just, I didn't, I didn't know if we would see, we haven't, we haven't seen him in a defense that does that, I mm-hmm. guess, since Wade Phillips. Yeah. And you know, some of that's it's speed at linebacker as well. I mean, there was, there was a pressure I wrote about, I think it was last week or two weeks ago. That was a, a third, a two weeks ago, I guess. Cause it was the Niners. It was, a, it was like a third and six against, uh, against the Niners. And it was one of those, again, they, they showed six, they ended up rushing four and it was the, I think the Kiki strip sack, um, if I'm not mistaken, maybe I'm, mm. maybe I'm thinking of something else. I can't remember exactly what that was. No, no, no it was incomplete. It was, it was throws. Yeah. They buzzed into the dirt, but it was, it was one of those like, Burks was close enough that he kind of triggered the center. So the center had to look at him and it, it got a free rusher somewhere else, but also use check kind of leaked out of the flat after that. And Burks just sprinted from his position. It was kind of one of those, if use check is, is in the block, it's likely, you know, green dog blitz that, but he buzzed out and he covered that flat. And that was a, that's the check down option there. And the pressure got to him before Garoppolo had a chance to do anything, but that athleticism Burks has taken his lumps, but I mean, the speed at that position, to be able to cover that out of the flat from an angle that he did not have an advantageous angle on the release of that is something that like, again, we've, we've just not seen uh, for a while. And so I, again, I don't think Burks is the second coming, but I think if you've got guys like that, that finally like are starting to figure out what they're supposed to do and are, and are coached well and know what they're supposed to do, that speed and athleticism really kind of closes doors that were I mean, just wide open in the past. So I think that that helps a ton as well. I think the linebacker play, man, it's really hard to mention linebacker play without just saying, well, Joe Barry was a linebacker coach and he, he seems to know what he's doing there. Like that's Dusty, did you know Joe Barry was a linebacker's coach? I've heard, I've heard talk of it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this was great, man. I could talk to you all day. Please let my listeners know where they can find more of all of the work that you're doing. Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter, Dusty Evely. I will post entirely too much about the stuff that I'm doing there. Uh, right over, as you said at the beginning, it's the perfect <laughs> amount. Thank you. Uh, I read, I read over at Cheesehead TV uh, once a week, Packer Report twice a week, um, Substack whenever I feel like I have a chance to write over there, usually once or twice a week, generally, and uh, do uh, the Wednesday edition of Packaday podcast as well. So I'm, I'm just kind of sprinkled everywhere. You are everywhere. And now you are on Locked on Packers. Thank you so much for being on Locked on Packers. And we'll talk soon, Dusty. I appreciate you, man. Appreciate it. Thanks, Peter. All right, I want to thank Dusty for joining the show. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brands their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket, so save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why spend 30% 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership. RockAuto.com is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. So go explore their easy-to-use website and find the solution to all your auto parts needs. Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. All right, we are going to be back tomorrow. 
I appreciate everyone who makes Locked on Packers part of their routine, that first listen. Check out Peacock and Williamson for that broad NFL view, not just the Packers, which is what I do. They bring you everything from around the league. You can be caught up to date. Locked on today would be another great way to stay up to date on everything happening around the league. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Check us out there. Subscribe to The Leap, my newsletter with Jason Hershorn, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. And you can hit us up anytime on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.